Welcome listeners to the Thundercast. I am your host, Connor Sanders, joined today by my co-host. Hi guys, how are you all doing? I'm uh, excited for another episode of Thundercast. That's Jake Williams. Thundercast back again with some exciting uh, SU athletics news this week we're going to cover. But before we dive into uh, not only a little bit of news, but a more prolonged, a little more in-depth uh, men's basketball preview for the 2020-2021 or season... Um, but first, Jake, I just want to know how you doing, mate. I'm doing good, mate. I'm really good. I love I love this whole new sort of vibe you've got going. You're sort of changing up your accent a bit. Yeah, you, uh, I'm picking you, up on the on the British accent. Uh, are you gonna eventually just t- turn into me, or I just think just, so. just, ca- just catch on? There's just gonna be two Brits on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just diffusion. It's just I'm 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 taking your accent on by osmosis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's I like the, it. I like the it. approach. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> For you, it's just like, no, this is just how I talk. But for everyone here, they're like, oh, my gosh, your accent. Yeah, Do you get t- tired of that? Uh, yeah, it is at the point now where I'll be in class and it's like the introduction day and everyone needs to talk and say something. And it's always like everyone turns around and looks at you like you're sat on the back row or something. You say <laughs> something, everyone goes, turns around. And you're like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. But I mean, it might be nice to get a little bit extra attention. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a decent icebreaker with the ladies, I imagine too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's start out. We got some SCU news this week. Um, really, the only bit of new news for SCU. Um, no new developments on the Western Athletic Conference front that we talked about last week. Um, maybe just waiting to hear some more info on that. Nothing official yet, or really any progress that I've heard of. But um, this week. SU Athletics announced that the men's and women's cross-country teams um, have been approved to compete in the OSU Invitational at Oklahoma State in Stillwater on October 17th. That's uh, this Friday. So good luck to them. This is, as I understand it, they received approval for this because in order to compete in the national um, uh, cross-country competitions, they need to record a certain amount of times outside of their own uh, Big Sky meets. So this will be an opportunity for the cross-country team. A lot of pressure for them to go out and perform. You only maybe have two meets, I think, in the fall um, before spring competition begins. So best of luck to them as they travel to Oklahoma State. Um, one of the only... So what's the attendance going to be like there? Do you know the situation with COVID? Um, I think it's just going to be the competitors. So just the competitors. Yeah, just Coaches those that are running. as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so they'll keep that limited. And I think it's outside the people... The cross-country athletes will be running yeah. for most of it. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I don't think you think they need to worry about you know catching anything. Yeah, so best of luck to them, um, and we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it just so there's no other um, SU sports going on right now. But for today's episode, Jake, we really wanted to get into the men's basketball season um, scheduled to start on November 25th. As of recording this, we're on October 13th, so um, yeah. it's coming up. There's we're about a month away. Yeah. Um, from basketball season beginning, what what's your initial thought just on the idea of, of being in basketball season? I don't know. I think uh, it's definitely ideal. Uh, that's when it's starting just because of Thanksgiving, all students leaving. It gives them more open time, freedom yes. to actually get games going. And as you mentioned before, it's it's an indoor facility. So 
uh, viewing, it's not ideal for a lot of people to be there or yes. if any fans at yes. all. Yeah, that'll take on a whole new element. There's been no official announcement about whether there will be fans in attendance. Um, and like you mentioned, because it is indoors, it does pose uh, a bit of a a dangerous situation for the spread of COVID-19 in the arena. But maybe they can figure something out, socially distance the, yep. the crowd. But I don't remember, no, if you remember, but last year the game against UVU was just the energy in the arena was so electric and it'll be really really okay. interesting to see how yeah. they respond without having fans if that is what it ultimately comes down to but the latest development from the NCAA as we mentioned um, the season will start on November 25th um, usually teams play between 27 and 31 games in the regular season this season they are capped at 27 uh-huh. um, so that kind of spells out something interesting for SU because there are 11 teams in the Big Sky, including SUU, for basketball. That means 20 games per season. Yep. Um, and it'll make the uh, it'll make the record look sort of different as well, right? Because exactly of, because of the amount of games. So it'll be interesting to see how that plan, pans out, really. Yeah. So they they have to take up 20 games in in Big Sky play by itself. So that only gives them seven non-conference games, um, and I believe they had 11 on the schedule before this. Um, we talked last week about how some of the big name games like Michigan, Wake Forest, Kansas, um, Loyola Marymount probably not going to be feasible. No, yeah, probably not going to happen. Just because they they were before the official date, maybe they'll be able to get something move around um, and try and figure something out. But I would guess we'll still see um, the other opponents that were on the schedule release that SU announced earlier this year. Um, okay. Utah Valley University, I believe, will be on there. We probably can expect Dixie. Yep. Maybe we can get a game at San Diego like we had initially planned, but I think that it might end up just being a couple of in-state opponents and a few of those smaller Christian community colleges that come to SU just to lose yep. by 60 points or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, it will be interesting to see. Um, SU has been gearing up for this season for a long time, so I'm sure it's very disappointing that they don't get to play those big games. Yeah. But at the same time, you get a chance just to focus on conference play. Yeah, and uh, especially with practice coming up right now, the best thing they can do, they can do is prepare for what's to come. You know, they the situation hasn't been exactly gifted to them in terms of games and uh, what they can expect, but they've just got to prepare the best they can, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that will prove key this season um, for all teams across athletics is you're going to have to turn to each other a lot. Um, there's not going to be scrimmages against other teams um yeah you're gonna have very limited outside contact um once the season actually starts so maintaining good team chemistry is going to prove key this season um but last we're coming off a pretty successful season last year for SUU um finished seventh overall in the Big Sky Conference held the top four spot for much of the season kind of faltered towards the end of sure. uh, Big Sky Conference play, just getting tired, but then had a big win at Montana before the Big Sky Conference tournament, had a bunch of momentum going into the tournament, um, advanced to the second round, had a matchup with Northern Colorado that was unfortunately canceled because yeah. of COVID-19. That feels like it was about three years ago, but it was only uh, yeah. six months ago. So what are your concerns for this season then in terms of you know match prep, uh, less matches, you know, ready for conference? Uh-huh. Have you any concerns there? Do you feel like uh, it makes a big difference when they do have more of those matches lined up preparing for conference? I think that this is a blessing in disguise okay. for SGU that they don't have to play these big games. Obviously, you want to play big games because you want to raise your profile 
like we won at Nebraska last year, winning at a big five or a power five school. Um, that's always going to be impressive, especially at their arena. Yeah. Um, but I think that this just gives SCU a chance to just focus on themselves. We just got to just rally around each other, just get as good as we can and focus on the conference schedule. Um, of course, you want to be able to go to <laughs> to Kansas's arena and, and to yeah. Michigan's arena and, yeah. and, and have those unique experiences. I mean, going to BYU last year, that was so cool. That felt like such a big arena, and that's nothing compared to what Did we you see catch at Kansas. That game? Yeah, I, I got to go in person to that oh, one. Oh, nice. Okay. And report live from there. So that and that was a crazy environment too. And uh, I kind of lament the fact that they don't get to get, have these big uh, arena experiences. But at the same time, what really increases your profile more: winning a one-off game against mm-hmm. a Power Five school, or making the conference, or making the yeah, NCAA yeah. tournament because of a great conference performance? Yeah, you, know? you don't make the headlines just by winning a one-off chance game. You know, you make it by getting those big titles. Yes, I think that they have put the ball in motion by winning some of those um, one-offs, those those road contests. Um, and there's also still potential that SU could announce uh, an in-season tournament with maybe some local teams from around here to complete their schedule. But we shall see. I, I want to talk just about the, the job that Todd Simon has done since he arrived at SU, um, a two-win team uh, before Coach Simon arrived for, as an interim coach from UNLV. In the time since, uh, he went 6-17 and 17 in 2016-2017, 13-19 year after, 17-17 and 17 in 18-19, and then last season, 17-15 and 15 before the season was postponed. That's the first time SCU has finished above 500 nice. since 2006 last season. Um, finished 9-11 in the conference play the last two years. So we've seen incremental improvement. Um, yeah, and now I, th- that's definitely, they're on the way up, right? Yeah, it's just uh, from what uh, from what I, from what you can see here, it's just significant climbing, right? And I think that's the most important thing as a coach. You, you when they first come on, you don't always expect them to you know get the ball rolling yes. straight away and just be and have these great records. I think it's always a it's a climb, and uh, that's the most important thing. And I think that's what Todd's done well here. Absolutely, I think he brings a new brought a new chemistry, a new culture a totally new approach to the game um, at SU and it has been successful so far so let's take a look at some of the newcomers um, that we will see on the court this season that will play a big role in helping coach Simon achieve that next level of success that I think uh, he thinks that this team can achieve um, the first name that jumps off the sheet when we talk about newcomers is Aiden Moody he is a 6'3 junior guard uh, transferring from North Dakota University, former Big yeah. Sky School. Um, played two years at UND, but uh, only played a few games in his second season. Actually had an upper body injury um, sure. that ended up costing him the rest of the season at North Dakota, and then he decided just to transfer after. Is that a normal thing to do, would you say, when players get injured? Is it maybe better for them? Is it is it a smart move to transfer? It kind of depends on the situation. I think... He wasn't playing much um, before the injury happened. He might have seen the writing on the wall that I'm not going to get the playing time that I want here. Okay. At the same time, sometimes a coach rushes you back from injury. A uh, coach wants you to, to be back on the court, and maybe you just don't feel ready. Yeah. Maybe the the facilities or something at North Dakota um, weren't up to snuff for him, and he decided to move on. I think that this is, if any more than anything, it's a huge acquisition for SUU. Um, Three-point shooter. Uh, shot 40% for th- from three 
during his time at UND, led the team in three-pointers made um, during his first season. Only averaged 6.6 points per game and two rebounds, nine and uh, 0.9 assists. So just didn't get enough minutes, About averaging about 16 minutes a game. That's not even like a full half. Yeah. So we he didn't get the, the amount of court time that I think he deserves, but I think everything I'm hearing from the coaching staff at, and uh, from what I've seen in practice, it seems like Anna Moody is the – uh, is going to be a, a focal point for the team. Definitely, yeah. So this is a, this is definitely a good uh, recruitment from SUU, right? This is a this is a new player that they've got coming in, but definitely one of the ones that to look out for, right? Absolutely. I think um, SUU is developing a, a reputation as a school to go to if you don't find success elsewhere at a Division One. Okay. At the Division One level, and and we have built that profile over the last four or five years, and now you get this kid who used to he was the the Gatorade. Uh, Mr. Basketball, the best prospect coming out of North Dakota when he came out of high school. Yep. Um, just it's so much can go wrong. You just don't settle in at a university and you decide to move on. Um, huge, huge acquisition for SUU, someone that we'll really need to keep a close eye on. Uh, SUU just really struggled to make outside shots last season. Yeah. They, And then opponents would just clog the lane, just put a bunch of bodies in the middle of the court so that we couldn't drive toward the Park basket. in the bus. Parking the bus, exactly. Um, forcing us to make outside shots, and we just we couldn't respond to that um, at some points during the season. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes we were able to get to the basket. And I think that the biggest thing that Moody brings um, is that he, he will bring some spacing to the floor so people, defenders, will have to go all the way out and defend him. They, they can't just sag off him, park the bus, and kind of stay in the middle sure. of the lane. So that opens up the rest of the floor for guys like John Knight III and, uh, and Dre Marine to get toward the basket. So that's a huge acquisition um, for SU. Another newcomer that I think uh, will quickly become a, a household name for SU fans is Tavion Jones, uh, six foot seven guard transferring from the University of Illinois. I believe he is eligible right away, um, mm-hmm. from what I understand, because he just transferred from Illinois, like we mentioned. Um, played in 13 games as a sophomore, um, only totaled 12 points and 10 rebounds. I think same kind of situation, just. Wasn't getting the playing time he thought he deserved. So, Illinois is quite a stronger school then in terms of yes. basketball, right? Yeah, one of the best. Uh, Big Ten competitor consistently. Uh, a good history of making the NCAA tournament and producing professional prospects right. um, from Illinois. And I've seen highlights of Tavion Jones. Just looks like a ridiculous athlete. Really? That's yeah. good. Yeah, we definitely need more more, more guys like that. I'm not saying we don't have many athletes on the team right now, but having some you know, really strong, like you say, ridiculous athletes up there it can really really make a difference in a team i think yeah especially at this level because not to disrespect the big sky players because they are supreme athletes compared to pretty much everyone in the world definitely but compared to other basketball players the big sky just the level of competition isn't quite as high as something you would see in the big 10 so if he is a standout athlete at that level imagine what he will bring <laughs> when he comes to the big sky yeah um, it, it s- could be a shock to the system for other teams exactly i think that defensively when you have a guy that tall that that's that that athletic um that will really bring a new element to SU's defense I've seen a lot of times last season we played with perimeter guys that were a little smaller with uh, a guards or with some thinner maybe uh, less imposing presences defensively and now you you bring on Tavion Jones who he can just be a lockdown you, you say who's the other team's best player you're gonna go chase him around mm-hmm. for for 30 minutes or whatever and and really just tire him out. I think that that just brings a huge new element to the team. 
And then whatever he gives you offensively is just gravy. <laughs> if he if he can develop a little bit of a, a, a drive and kick game, yeah. um, maybe working some. He's listed as a guard on the on the school's website, but he's six foot seven. That's a pretty big guard. Yeah. Maybe work some some pick and rolls with smaller guards like Draymarine and John Knight to get mismatches and things. I assume um, he will be very good at recovering the ball, right? Yeah, that's, I think that's so going to be a big aspect right there. Yeah, and bring a good rebounding presence, which is something that we'll really need to talk about because um, a lot of the guys that move on from this team were front court players, big players, getting rebounds. So you're right that that'll be a huge. Just recovering the ball will be a will be a challenge, um, just given the the size of the team. So six foot seven guard Tavion Jones. Really excited to see what he can bring to the school. It's going to be um, great. Another player I wanted to mention. I don't think he'll be available this season. Yeah, from LSU transfer named Cortez Cooper, um, six foot nine forward. Uh, just two seasons ago, was playing at a junior college, Triton College. Yeah, um, transferred up to LSU, and then didn't get the playing time he was hoping for at LSU. Now comes to SUU as a pretty ridiculous prospect, considering mm. his height and considering the skill that he has shown yeah. in the past. Um, With little little actual game time, right? I mean, exactly. he, he was at the community college. He went to LSU, didn't get much play time, and now he's transferred to SUU. So yes. yeah, in terms of college, could you say he's got a lot of experience? I mean, what is five minutes per game experience in the SEC worth compared to 15 minutes per game of experience at the Big Sky? You know, the SEC, you're talking about Alabama, you're talking about Georgia. I mean, yeah. Anthony Edwards, who may end up being the very first pick in the NBA draft next season went to Georgia last year so I think he's got plenty of experience and just drive uh you don't go from a JUCO level to an SEC school without having a massive work ethic sure and I think that um that's something that he will bring to SU he definitely made well. a name for himself then at, at the JUCO yes absolutely and I think he'll for continue LSU to be it. looking at him anyway exactly um but I, I'm not sure about his availability this season something we'll keep an eye on as we get closer to it um, but a, a player to look forward to if you are a T-Bird fan. Also want to mention we've talked about how rebounding might be a struggle or a, a point of interest for SUU in the next season. The hopeful solution to this is freshman center from Toowoomba, Australia, Jason Spurgeon, uh, nicknamed Jack Ospergo. Jack Ospergo. They always add O's to the ends of things in Australia. Great name. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Wonderful nickname. Um, actually, I had a chance to meet him when he visited uh, last year, good parents, uh, just really big, strong player. Uh, from what I've heard, is just really impressing defensively in practice. Six foot eleven, another six eleven there. Yeah, big yeah. player. Um, I think he's sometimes with freshmen, you you might just have to sit him out for a year or just give him limited play time, kind of like they did with Hoppo last with Jared Hoppo last year, fellow Australian. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jack Ospergo. I think Jason Spurgeon is going to be one of those players that, from the off, is part of the rotation, sure. getting important minutes and and building his offensive game. Um, hopefully he can secure some of those rebounds that, well, I, I don't know. This is speculative, obviously. We don't know that they're not going to be able to get good rebounds and things, but just considering the players are left, it's mostly front court options. So yeah, um, we'll see what Jack Ospergo's got to offer. Jack Ospergo, name to look out for, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Just highlighting a couple other guys, uh, six foot one guard, Nick Fleming, transferring from Highland Community College, uh, Went to prep school in the Atlanta area. Uh, seems like a good creative on-ball player. Um, might be kind of a Brandon Better 
off-the-bench scorer type uh, that can bring a little bit of something defensively as well. Love community college guys like these. Yeah. Um, talk about guys with experience. Community college guys are often the most experienced at the level just because at a JUCO you're going to play 38, 40 minutes a game. Wow. You're, yeah. you're going to get chances to play if you're a high-level player. Um, so a good find from Coach Simon and his staff to bring Nick Fleming in. We'll see what kind of role he has to play. I haven't seen him in person quite yet, but um, you sometimes SU has a problem where the offense just stagnates, and we're not really sure what the next step is. Yeah. Sometimes you need a guy that can just go out there and score, <laughs> no matter what the situation as, looks like. Yeah, just go get you a bucket. So someone that you can trust. It reminds me of the guy. Um, oh, we mentioned him before. You said he was the top scorer at SU. Oh, we're talking about uh, James McGee. James McGee. Former legend. Guy, sort of guy you can rely on, right? Exactly. Just no matter the situation, can go get you a bucket. Um, those guys win games for you, or they keep you in games that definitely. you can, can come back to win. I think that uh, he will definitely have a role to play. We'll, we'll look forward to how he can perform coming out of community college. Um, also want to give a little shout out to fellow Australian, Jack Ospergo, fellow Australian, Kingsley Box. Uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Never Aussie. Never Aussie, six foot five. Um, looks a little thin, look kind of like Hoppo. Might need to put some some weight on. He's a freshman, so he's, he's a got freshman. time. Um, but they were really excited about signing him. Seems like he can really shoot the ball and performs well offensively. Might, might have a little bit of uh, room to improve on the defensive end, but another player maybe might redshirt this season yeah. uh, just to get a little bit stronger. But another big player for the future, but someone that I think will have a more immediate impact. Six four junior transfer from Mount St. Mary's, uh D Barnes. D Barnes. Uh started in eight games at Mount St. Mary's, which is a pretty competitive school. Um appeared in twenty seven for him. He actually scored twenty six points against St. John's, which is a a very, very high level school in the big east, uh, a consistent NCAA so tournament. What's his, team. Uh, what's his availability like then? I'm not sure uh, whether he will be available or not, but um, on Mount St. Mary's website, the last stats they have for him were from the 2018-2019 season, okay. which would suggest that he sat out last year um, and should be available to play right away. That would be good. Um, might be corrected on that in the future, but um, if he is available and is ready to go, he averaged 5.8 points per game and 1.6 rebounds at Mount St. Mary's. Um, seems like he can really score the ball. If you can, if you can put up 27 again. St. John's, yeah, um, you're going to have a role at yeah. SUU. Another guy who seems like he could be reliable. Exactly. As we mentioned earlier, someone that you can is going to get you buckets, like you say. Yeah, I think this is a, a lateral move in terms of competition. Maybe this is a slight step down from where he was before about St. Mary's and the Big Sky. But um, 6'4", seems like a really good athlete, got a good knack for getting to the basket. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can offer because – the more s- random scores and things you bring, the more potent the offense will be for SUU yep. um, next season. We'll we'll see what we can get from D Barnes, see about his availability. Another player that's not available, but I, I believe is not available. Um, things change so quickly, and Todd Simon just works some magic yeah. <laughs> in getting players eligible sometimes. Um, I, I hope Marquise Moore is eligible, um, but I'm not, I don't think that he will be. He's six foot six, listed as a guard slash forward coming from Detroit Mercy. University started 28 games for them last season. Um, but I think he'll be unavailable because Is of transfer rules. D1? Yeah, that's a D1. D1, okay. Um, started every game, pretty much. Right. Uh, 8.3 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, which was third on the team in both categories. And we need somebody like this uh, 
kind of third creative option that can play some really good defense. Um, I, I One thing I'm worried about with SU this season is that too much of the creative responsibility to generate shots will, will fall to Dre Marine and John Knight III, yeah. um, who are great players. But you can just be over, overwhelmed sometimes. If, if you have a really good defender on the opposing team that just locks one of our guys down, yep. you need somebody else to, to be that kind of third yeah. option. If Marquise Moore is available, I think that he, on day one, is that He third could option. be that guy. And is from what, from what you're saying, 28 games starting doesn't seem like we need to worry about any injuries fingers crossed yes he seems like a he must be very healthy if he's playing all those games yeah and he just looks like a a really strong um one of those players that will just give it his all every time he's on the court uh yeah and just got a lot a lot of scoring potential got a really good defensive build good athlete um can make some tough shots as well so that's another one that him and Cortez Cooper next year those are going to be really, really high-level yeah. front court that could, that players. Could be a, that could be an interesting duo as well, right? Yeah, and especially having them coming from the wings, if you've got some shooting around them, that's going to be a really interesting team. Um, three more guys want to just highlight quickly. Not sure what role they'll play or if they'll have any role at all on this team. Um, Benjamin Ramirez, six-foot freshman guard from Beverly Hills. Uh, Martel Williams, a six-three freshman guard from Las Vegas. And Darnell Latham a 6'2 senior guard from Chicago, who I believe is a preferred walk-on. Okay, so two um, freshmen there. Yes, not sure what role they'll play. I, I don't imagine it'll be much. Uh, might be kind of a chase for Dugo, end of the bench, come in and get some minutes against the, the smaller schools yeah. um, type of guys. But you need those. You need to have top-to-bottom good chemistry. Yep. And Always we talked good about, backups, right? Yeah, we talked about Kenton Eskridge, who was a preferred walk-on, Yeah, uh, who – had a lot of banter, as yeah. you say, on the court. Brilliant guy, honestly. It was as as much as I don't know too much about basketball. It was someone that almost got the crowd engaged and involved yeah. as well. It seemed like you know he was a not necessarily a showman, but uh, someone who would keep the game interesting sometimes. And it, he definitely he was a problem for other teams yeah. as well, wasn't he? Brought the energy, uh, whether he was on the floor or on the bench, uh, and that's important. Yeah, that that's especially if there's no fans, you're gonna need your bench to be hype for you when you make big plays. You yeah. know, and so these guys towards the end of the bench will contribute a lot in terms of locker room um, atmosphere and also morale. just in morale, exactly, yeah. and and bringing the guys up. Um, so those are all the new guys. A lot of talent in that group. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how Coach Simon will fit them in because that's a lot of new players. Um, when you think about it. And last season, we had a lot of upperclassmen, so it makes sense that there would be a lot of rotation in the yeah. roster. So Madunich, right? Yes. So so we have a – to transition into the players that are returning, we're going to call them – we're going to call him somewhat new. Somewhat new, yeah. <laughs> because redshirt. Ivan Madunich should redshirt last season. Um, he's the last player remaining at SU from Todd Simon's first recruiting class. Right. So okay. uh, they've got a lot of trust build up between Coach Simon and, Co- and uh, Yvonne who just uh, what a selfless person last <laughs> season we get some big transfers in some big front court players he says i'm probably not going to get the minutes i want i'm just going to get my nba and play next season uh there you plays go. his first three years as a big contributor and then just red shirts season four um there you go that's the kind of guy that really can bring your locker room together you can yeah. you really admire his effort in practice sacrificing well. for the team right exactly so in season five I expect him to have a much bigger role. I've heard really good things about him in practice as well. 
Um, last season we saw him was in 2018-2019, averaged 2.4 points per game and 2.9 rebounds. Um, just a really big defensive presence who can knock down some three-pointers when he's left open. Yeah. Um, and you need guys like that, right? Just yeah. intimidating guys who can Enforcer. make the court also almost seem a lot smaller, right? Exactly. And he's a big, strong player. Um, got some. There's some aspects of his game which are a little limited. He can't really do much outside of shoot threes um, and get rebounds. Um, but a, a good defensive presence and enforcer, like we said. Mm. And I've heard that he's improved a lot um, coming into his fifth year. So really excited to see what Ivan Madunic can be. I, I, maybe even he's a starter um, yeah. once we actually get to the start of the season. Um, but let's look at the other guys who are already here. We've got five returning players by my count, uh, and then the six being Ivan. Um, I think the two big ones that jump out right at the start are Dre Marine and John Knight the third. Both seniors. Both seniors. So last year, that's going to be a, a big loss, unless they masters. They could no. Do that. no? Uh, this this is their last year for both of them. Okay. Use up all their eligibility. Um, they're going to be the primary ball handlers. Uh, I would imagine that they will start every game. Yeah. Um, Dre Marine is another one of those like landmark prospects that we got. Uh, he really changed the face of the program. Um, the one of the real the big recruits that kind of put SU in that in that situation where we could say, "Hey, we've got something special going over here. If you're another D1 type player, come on over, come transfer go. here." Um, yep. He's really contributed so much to the program. I think he's really becoming the face of the team, and that's something I want to see more from him. I think he needs to take. Uh, a big leadership role on this roster and be more aggressive offensively. He has a tendency to uh, spot up and, and take his shots when they come, but I want him to be someone driving the offense, pushing the ball forward. Um, and he's made big shots in his career. He's a clutch player. Uh, very clutch, yeah. From what I've seen when he's been playing on the court, he's very clutch. he come in handy, and th- those are the sort of guys you need on the team who don't let the nerves get take over them. They get on court and they... They do what's needed of them. Exactly. And can you imagine the nerves that will come with shooting game-winning free throws in an empty arena, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you need those kinds of cool, collective players. And I think that Dre Marine is the leading candidate for that. Last season, average 8.5 points per game. Would love to see him push that into the double digits this season. But he's not the type of player that will force his offense. If it comes to him, it'll come to him. But yeah. if I could, if I could change one thing about the team... I think the Dre Marine is the is the one guy we want to see a little bit more from. Just, just more active, offensive. yeah. Just yeah. more active. Get him. Take more shots, man. You deserve them. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't have to be the guy passing up looks mm. for for older or more experienced players. Like you yeah. are that guy. You need to take those looks and and take yeah. advantage of them. Um, I think that he has a lot of potential for some good interplay with John Knight the third. I think Dre Marine probably is your best defender for guards. Um, but John Knight III also, just athletically, whew, talk about a supreme athlete. That kid can fly, get above the – get high rebounds, yeah. um, make incredible putback plays. Almost fly acrobatic, into the lane. right? Exactly. Yeah. Chase down blocks. He's got it all. Um, averaged 12.6 points per game last season. I believe he got an honorable mention in the big sky. I might be wrong about that. Um, but 3.0 points per – or assists per game and 3.9 rebounds. Um would like to see John Knight lock in this season. Just okay. really focus in on, on what he can control. Work uh, on his defensive game a bit. Yes. Defensively, he just has so much potential. If Sometimes he has a 
a tendency to take a couple possessions just where he's not as locked in. If he, if he stays in, we just saw this weekend LeBron James just won the NBA championship. What do he do it with? With defense. By just locking in all season long, being his best defensive self from game one to game whatever more yeah. than a year later because of what happened with the pandemic. So I think that John Knight has a real opportunity to set the tone defensively. And he just has a, a tendency to to force the drive a little bit, to really try and get to the basket, picks up some offensive fouls, um, puts himself in some situations where he has to take tough shots or has to turn the ball over. I'd really like him to work on that drive and kick game, look for opportunities to get his more, his teammates more involved and then when we get down to the stretch, we get down to the last two or three minutes and we just need somebody to score, you just give John Knight the ball and get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way. <laughs> yep. <that's>, Simple as. <laughs> it really is. A, such a, a gifted athlete. Um, just can get you a bucket out of nowhere. I think about that BYU game last year, yep. about that Montana game. Does not care. He doesn't care where he is. He doesn't care what yeah. the crowd's doing. He just has that kind of am uh, I right world-class in, Am style. I right in saying, sorry, in saying he was a transfer? Yeah, previously transferred yeah. from Utah State, um, showed a lot of potential last year, and I think that this season is the one where, like, if he wants to play professional basketball, he's he's going to take the leap, and yeah. I I think that he has the potential to do that. Definitely got the potential for sure. There's just a few like minor screws in there that he's got to tighten up, get his game yep. sorted, and there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, just John, if you're if you are somehow listening to this <laughs> podcast. Just don't pick up so many offensive fouls, my man. <laughs> you have got so much potential. I think that he could have a the SU could be might not be his final stop if he uh, performs well this season. Even has potential to make an All Big Sky Conference first team. Uh, I think he's that good. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how he how he responds to this unusual circumstances and things. And I think that's something we haven't talked about. But so many of these teams are going under so unusual of circumstance just just weird times it's just weird yeah it's just definitely. everything is different it it this will be the biggest challenge of mental fortitude yeah um that college basketball players have had to experience you yeah. know the most important thing to realize though it is the same for everyone you know no exactly. one's on, on in this on their own all athletes are experiencing this weird time as you say so you're not the only one out there it's it's happening to everyone and uh we're just you got to see how everyone progressed, really. Exactly. Um, three more guys returning from last season. I think will play. Well, not. I think will play a role. I think they better. Um, Mason Fawcett going into his junior season, uh, and Harrison Butler also going into his junior season. Two guys recruited as freshmen or at, straight out of high school, not transfers. Um, both saw a little increase in their role, played a, little, uh, a few more minutes than they did in their freshman season. Now this is like the this is the time where you need to be not just contributors, you need to be pillars. You need to yeah, be really need to be foundational leaders. pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um I think one of them can emerge as a starter, uh as a fifth starter. We'll, we'll we'll talk about what I think the rotation might look like, but um these guys are almost competing for playing time, but also they're great friends. Uh I don't really think that they'll be competing that much. They'll be happy for each other as they succeed, but Two guys I think have the most potential to make a leap from where they were last season. Um, just from sophomore to junior year, bodies getting stronger, um, understanding the game a little bit more. Yep. I think that they've got potential to make a big jump. Mays and I averaging eight, ga- eight points per game uh, and 5.7 rebounds last season. Harrison averaging 7.4 points and 5.6 rebounds per game. Um, for Mazin, you just wonder how he'll respond to the increased role. He's one of our best 
uh, three-point shooters last season. I think that Moody will take more of that role this year, but he also provides a spacing option for Todd Simon if he wants to go for a lineups that can shoot a yeah. little bit more than they can drive. Um, I also want to see him be a little more assertive offensively. I want him to call for the ball a little bit more. Okay. Um, so similar role to Marin, kind of, right? Yes. Uh, a guy that's been a contributor, but like I say, the, the, you are now one of the foundations of the team. You need to score, you know, 8 to 15 points every night. That, that's what we need We need from you. Um, and I think that he can do that. Um, just got a really, really athletic player, too, and just got a really good nose for where the ball is going to be. He gets some weird rebounds. He gets some really good 50-50 okay. loose balls and things. I think that brings a good energy to the team. Um, Harrison Butler, I think, is – I mean, it's well known that I'm a Harrison Butler stan. Okay. Uh, the listeners of this podcast will not be surprised by that. Um, so sometimes I am a little disappointed because I think that Harrison can be so much greater than, yeah. than he has performed sometimes last season. That's not to say that he wasn't great, but – I think that he could mm. just make a huge jump. He could be a mm. another first-team all-conference type of performer if he locks in. And that means both physically, sometimes he looked a little bit winded last season. I don't know if he was just not right in the right conditioning. Yeah. I also know that he had a lot of personal issues off the court. Um, I, I think that this season he can really just focus on his game and just just go play mm. man don't worry yeah. about all the stuff that's happened to you off out of out of basketball so there's a little bit of frustration there for you cuz you know what potentially has right yeah and, and and so much of it has not been his fault you know <laughs> um i think he's just got a great perspective on the game and he makes some of those plays that you're just like what like how did that go in or yeah. how did he he block that shot <laughs> or how did he save that ball from going out of bounds he's just so He's like a quirky player. He just makes some of those weird plays, but you need mm. that. You need that kind mm. of... It's nice to have that difference as well, sort mm-hmm. of unexpectedness. Yes. Sometimes that unexpectedness manifests in fouling out of a game and ripping your jersey in half before you get off the floor. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, Harrison, you got so much skill and your athleticism is just unreal. But mentally, we just need you to engage even more. Be as locked yeah. in as you can. And I think... I, I really don't think I'm overstepping his potential by saying he could be a first team conference okay all kind of player if he locks in and if he really develops this season next season he could be one of the favorites to to be on that all conference team um other guy returning to monty mcintyre as a sophomore last year didn't get many minutes average one point per game one rebound uh, about one assist um i think that he'll have a, an increased role he's a lockdown defender uh i love watching Damani mcintyre play um had a couple of games where they just threw him out there for a few minutes against the best guards in the conference, and he just locked him down. Yeah, he good. Just so quick laterally, got really long arms, uh, really keeps himself in front of his man very well. Yeah, um, a very useful player. Yes, very useful. Uh, I wonder if he's improved much offensively. I think that that's why they didn't trust him with more of a role last season. Um, just he was a freshman, though. He was right? a freshman. So there's, there's always that idea of... Um, you know, freshmen when they're first coming in, they can't expect to be playing as much yeah. as you know the guys who have been on a lot longer. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that he deserves the chance. Um, stuck it out. A lot of those freshmen that don't play just transfer, or they aren't even invited back. Damani yeah. earned his spot on this roster, um, and like we we've, we mentioned, he can contribute not only like as like a good locker room presence, well, but like he can get on the floor and force a few turnovers and actually swing the favor of a game. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what increased role he has. Um, let's take a look at what 
we're replacing at SU this season. Um, the guys that have moved on, the type of production that we'll need to to replace. Um, just going to try and bomb through these guys quickly because I've talked about them so yeah, much in the past. Um, Andre Adams uh, averaged nine points a game last season and 6.5 rebounds. Um, he had a senior day last season, but I believe he's playing at Boston College right now. So he might have had another year of eligibility. Interesting how that works. That, that might have worked out. I know he had an injury um, before he came here. So okay. best of luck to Andre in, an AC, in the ACC. That's so cool that he's getting that opportunity. Yeah. Um, at times, he was our most important player last season. So definitely will be missed. Uh, second guy, Cameron Luton, um, led the team in points per game last season with 13.3. Was our only Big Sky all-conference performer. Also averaging 1.8 assists and 4.4 rebounds. He was really just our... I would say our primary scorer. Okay. Um, Going to be tough to replace him because he did a lot. He did a lot of stuff outside of the paint. Like he didn't have to drive every time. He could get his own shot. He could get a little jumper. Mm. Um, I think that we might not have uh, that kind of element to the team this season. He was just a pure scorer. Um, really gave it his all. Uh, a player we're going to miss. Another one of those foundational pieces that that has moved on. Um, Dwayne Morgan, another one of those big foundational guys, averaging 9.1 last season. Uh, averaging 3.3 assists mm. um, and a few rebounds. So really big uh, plays, right? Big players. Big plays. Th- this, when we talk about how SU has changed, um, not only just as a basketball team, but maybe just as an athletic department in a few years, but we will talk about these guys still because they were that big of transfers. I mean, Dwayne Morgan was a five-star prospect coming from UNLV. Yeah. Um, and he performed well. Uh, he's got his chance now professionally in Hungary. And he's moved on. I think that um, it's good to see these guys moving on, though. As, as exactly. sad as it is, it's good to see that they're making headway and uh, continuing that dream as a basketball player. Well, and if, if you're an SU player now, you look at him and you see, well, I mean, he's got a shot. He's playing. He's still playing pro ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another guy who is still playing pro ball that left is David Njai, who yep. finished his career. We talked about before. Yep. Uh, signing in Spain with a, a third division side there. Um, only averaged 1.1 points per game and 2.5 rebounds. But any uh, any updates from him in Spain? Haven't heard anything as of yet. I, I know he's a he's just a, a high energy player. Uh, we're gonna miss his energy in that kind of second unit. He also suffered with some injuries last season, so we didn't really get to see the full potential of him. But he made some big plays. Really, another rim protector, another guy that gets a bunch of rebounds. Um, and then also Jacoby Long elected transfer last season, I believe to. I'm not sure. I'm not even gonna try and remember. <laughs> um, but Jacoby Long chose to transfer, averaged six points last or per game last season and three rebounds. And then Hoppo um, and Hoppo, who decided not to return to SUU, um, averaged two point four points per game and one point one rebounds. He's also just kind of a fan favorite. So we lose those guys, um, replaced by the guys we talked at the st- talked about at the start of the podcast. Yep. This is no small task re- replacing these guys. Um, you look at. Three guys who were not just starters, but like your best players, and then two more that were a part of your rotation, and one who was still a contributor. Yeah. Also, want to mention Josh Cornish, who uh, elected to transfer as well, but didn't play much last season due to injury. So, looking at what we have um, and looking at the new guys coming in, you got five guys coming back, and I think uh, nine or ten new guys coming in. Um, first things first, you got a jail. You got to mesh all these different pieces together. It's not yeah. just going to be like roll the ball out. Everybody no, you got to get that chemistry going. Exactly. They'll need time together on the court. Um, and I think that the things that they really need to work on 
Uh, number one is that chemistry. You just need to, to develop, understand where people are going. If I'm in a back cut and I put my hand out, what does that mean? Well, for some people, that's a bounce pass, whatever. Like, you, those little subtle, not, some even nonverbal cues and things um, that you have to develop just by playing together, I think that they will take some time to develop those. Um, last season, we just struggled a lot uh, to, to space the floor. We just weren't making very many three-point shots. Um, teams didn't really respect our three-point shots either, and that's, that's really what mattered. It wasn't even so much that we weren't making shots because we, a lot of, we won a lot of games where we didn't make very many three-pointers. No, that's true. Um, but it, it developed into a point where nobody expected us to make three-pointers, so they would just park the bus against us. They would just clog the lane. Yeah. Um, they have to alleviate that. Yeah. Even if that doesn't mean making more that many more three-pointers, just you just have to have the threat. And I think guys like Mooney, uh, guys like Madunich coming back and playing a bigger role, hopefully Fawcett and Butler have improved their shooting a bit. If John or if uh, Dre Marine takes more of a role, can Nick Fleming help out with some of that spacing stuff? Can Tavion Jones, uh, with his potential to drive and kick yeah. and get to the basket, can he help alleviate that? I think that that's a huge priority. Not, And I don't want it to be like, oh, SU just doesn't make enough three-pointers. No, that doesn't matter. What, what matters is yeah. the spacing that they can get to the basket. Uh, then, then again, you've got to consider your options in terms of, you know, what are the high-percentage shots? Right, it's yeah. it's uh, people always talk about going for the three pointers as uh, you know it looks the best. It's it's great when it happens, uh-huh. you know, the crowd, everyone gets involved. Yep. But what's the high percentage? You know, the layups, making sure we're just getting those points in, right? Yeah, I think that the offense will be built around getting to the basket, um, and the only way to make that easier is by making or at least having the threat of making three pointers and spreading the floor. Um, and I think. The other thing I really want to see from this team this season is just a commitment um, to move the ball. <laughs> a lot of times last season there were possessions where one guy would just get it at the top of the key, maybe like run a pick and roll, and then just try and ISO and try and get to the basket. And, and that, that works. That has its place. Uh, but more consistently I'd like to see the ball just whipping around. we got a bunch of really good athletes. We yeah. should just try and yeah. – we should try and be bigger, faster, and stronger than than most of the opponents. Especially with these new guys coming in, with all these athletes that uh, are starting to make approach. Yeah, I think, it, like you say, it's the ball movement is key right now. Yeah. Setting up players, giving assists. That's that's the main objective, I think. Yeah, and I think that John Knight and Dre Marine will play a big role in that. But I just want to see dudes flying around the court. <laughs> I want to see more dribble handoffs, more pick and rolls. Um, you've got some potential. Uh, Maybe some of the flashy stuff as well, you know. Yeah, I think that they're athletic enough. Yeah, yeah. they're an athletic enough to make flashy plays to dunk on people. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> and a lot of teams in the Big Sky just don't expect that or aren't aren't ready for it. Um, and the other thing to to watch out for is rim protection and rebounding. Um, you lose Andre Adams, you lose Dwayne Morgan, you lose David Njai. Um, those are your three center of the defense type of presences. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes they played Mason Fawcett at the five last season, but mostly it was those three guys. So replacing all three of them is pretty tough, but getting Madunich back definitely helps with that. I think that yeah. that's why our man Jack Ospergo will yeah, have six a big 11. role. Yep. 6'11", really strong kid. Um, and then Tavion Jones, I think, also will help a lot with rebounding and defending. John Knight also secretly, not secretly, he's a, he's a really good rim protector. He can really get up and block shots. Yeah, um, He's got that jump. But... Something that happened last season, we would over-pursue blocks and give up easy offensive rebounds. We need to be able to protect the rim and secure the board. That's 
that's really going to be huge because defensively I feel like last season SU didn't it wasn't like we were giving up super easy looks like we were we were playing good defense and then we'd have some little breakdown um, and I think that's just securing the boards and 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 making tough sh- shots tough around the net um, that launches SU from like a mid-tier Big Sky team to like a okay like we might challenge for the NCAA tournament uh, type of thing um, let's talk about the the my projected starting five, projected rotation. No, I'd love for to Coach hear your predictions here. Squad. Um, obviously, things always set to change. Um, I think your starting five coming out of the gates has got to be Dre Marine, John Knight, Aiden Moody. Uh, I would say Mays and Fawcett as the power forward just because of the size. I could see that. Yeah. And Ivan Madunic as the center. Uh, I think Madunic serves best coming out uh, early. Just he tends, He can get in foul trouble sometimes. Madunich just, just brings a really good presence to the team. I think that he'll just be a, a good leader that you'll want to send out from the tip. And then your your ne- your first guy off the bench will be Harrison Butler um, because he's just offered so much to this program. And, and even he might push for that starting lineup uh, at times this season. Tavion Jones as well. I think those are 20 to 35-minute-a-game players, kind of depending on the situation. Coach Simon has never picked one starting five and stuck with it for the whole season. He's always rotating guys in and out. Uh, doing things according to the matchup. Who's the best fit for the t- opponent we're playing? Obviously, that, that will happen a lot, but I think that your core five are those five I mentioned, and then Tavion Jones and Harrison Butler, your first two off the bench, and Jack Ospergo, yep. the third guy. Um, I think D Barnes, also a core member if, if he is available. And then you talk about Fleming and McIntyre, I think are the guys that kind of round out the rotation. Um, if everything is going ideal, ideally, we don't have to play anybody else. <laughs> beyond those guys because yeah. those are our best guys um, as long as you get no injuries as well assuming we get no injuries exactly but if we if we do have injuries i don't think that the, they would be too disappointed to call on uh onto our australian friend uh kingsley box if you know you might have to burn his red shirt you might have to let him play yeah. i don't think that they would be too disappointed to do that um same with spurgeon and uh with fleming i think that they they will expect these guys to, to play right away uh assuming everyone stays healthy yeah um, my prediction for the season, or maybe these aren't even so much predictions, but these are just goals. These are like the the benchmarks I want like to see SU accomplish. Yeah. You have to finish in the top five this season. Um, last season, you should have finished in the top five. You mm. switched off for a few games towards the end of the season, and it ended up costing you a and first it's, round bye. It's by. doable. It's definitely doable. Well, and top five is so important because I think that this team is good enough to earn an NCAA tournament bid. Um, they have a kind of they can make a run in the postseason and secure that. But in the history of the Big Sky Conference, no team has won the conference tournament without earning a first round bye. Yeah. You earn the first round bye by finishing top five in conference play. SU has to get that first round bye. It's I know we didn't see what really happened at the end of last season. Maybe they beat Northern Colorado and go on a crazy run and make the tournament. Mm. Um, I just feel like adding that extra game is so tough. The, the game against Idaho in the first round of the Big Sky Conference tournament last year was so hard. <laughs> Idaho gave us a tough game, and they, and they just took it out of us. It, it was a bit of a shock to the system. Exactly. And, and playing that extra game, because you play so many games in a row, and who even knows what the conference tournaments are going to look like? Mm. I, I've been... I should preface this entire podcast with like, who knows? Yeah, maybe the season won't even happen. Maybe yeah, it, we we could be, we could all of a sudden maybe there's a second wave. Yeah, everything changes. It's it's really down to 
just taking it a step at a time. But speaking idealistically, <laughs> saying we will have a conference tournament, yeah. I would imagine that it would be in the kind of environment where you have to play a bunch of games in a few days. Yeah. Um, and SU has the depth, I think, to go and make a run there. We just talked about the guys that are are kind of fringe end of the bench type guys. I think they would probably be rotation pieces, maybe even starting at other Big Sky schools. Um, so I think that they have that kind of potential to reach that. But I think the 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 minimum, not the minimum, because things are so unpredictable, right? I don't, I don't want to say that, but to me, I, I would be disappointed if SCU did not make at least the conference semifinals this season. Okay. Um, even if they made the conference finals and lost, I would still, if they made the conference finals and lost, I would feel content with the season. If they win the conference and make the NCAA tournament, then that would be surprising. That would be like, wow. I, I, a good surprise. This is this yeah. is something we thought might have been possible, but holy cow, what a special team. Mm. You should they make, were able you to put make it all the prediction now, and then you can go back to this podcast and be like, I said it. it <laughs> I think it's possible. I, I will predict that that possibility exists. Play it safe. But there's just so much talent. In are, this are you a betting man? <laughs> I am not a betting man. Um, publicly, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that she, they can they can do it. Um, that's why I'm so high on this team. But I think that really the benchmark for success this season will be a postseason berth, uh, whether that be the NCAA tournament, whether that be in another kind of invitational, like the college insider tournament that we played in a couple years ago. Um, SU needs to be playing in the postseason. They've got too much talent not to be. Um, and with some of the rumors we've been hearing over the last few weeks, maybe this is SU's last season in the Big Sky. Yeah. We don't know. Um, we want them to go out. Sh- if they do have to leave the conference, we want them to go out strong. Um, just really impressed. And I think that there's enough talent. And there's a what I've heard from uh, just being around the team or just what I've heard about the team is that there's just a new energy, a new chemistry. Um, Which is, is something that you would expect, right? Yeah. I think this team has the chance to do something special, and I think that uh, it, not that much will have to go right for something special to happen. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. We'll keep our fingers crossed. We're fans. We're not supposed to be, but we are. <laughs> and we'll we'll see how the, the team turns out. Well, right, there we go. That, that covers it all this week. Thank you for joining us on the Thundercast. Next week we'll probably be talking about uh, a similar preview for the women's basketball team who will be starting around the same time. Um, until next week, up the chills. Up the chills. Bye. Thanks for listening.